Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and I'm Sitting here to the left of me with my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. What's going on, my friend? I'm doing well, except I have a question. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today? Because I still have not gotten any confirmation <laughs> as to what. Because we pulled two things from the bag. Yeah, we did. We did. And, and you uh, didn't tell me which, what we're doing today. Well, that's because I don't trust you. <laughs> don't trust me. I don't trust you, man. I like. Is your name really even Victor? Well... Yes, it is. Okay, let me see your That's license. Right. Let me see that license. I want to make sure. You, you want, want my license right <laughs> yes, now? Yes, I want to see right, your license. All right. all right, here you go. That This says Seamus. That's, <laughs> You're Seamus Adams? That's right. I'm from Ireland, you know. <laughs> I should have yeah. done a background check. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with this guy? But no, I mean, I mean as you know, we, we pulled out uh, trust. We pulled out two, actually, trust and anger mm-hmm. out of the bag. When I pulled them out, two of them came out, and we had a choice there, and um, the spirit led us to trust so which is funny because you know a lot of times when we show up for the show we don't know what we're doing until we get here and yeah and we we pick and we trust the you know we have to trust the spirit and hope that he's going to lead us in the right direction and give us what to say so that's uh that's where we were led today and and that's going to be our topic so you know i think before we can start really talking about trust we have to define what it is you know and so i looked up in the dictionary because I'm a nerd. <laughs> the you, got a, you actually have a dictionary? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. It's it's on the shelf next to the uh, Britannica Encyclopedia. That's right. From 1984. World, world books. Hey, 1989. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the definition was a firm or complete belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So, you know, that's when you when you define trust like that, you can understand why there's such a struggle with it with people in general and. The way that I would want to talk about this is, you know, there's two things we have to trust in this life, people and God. Mm-hmm. And as men, I know that I have a problem trusting other men a lot of times, or other people in general, because that requires putting yourself out there. That requires um, letting someone in. And, you know, we've talked about vulnerability before, but honestly, you can't be vulnerable with someone unless you trust that that vulnerability is going to be accepted and then it's going to be treated as sacred and confidential in a lot of times and and so it's very hard for a lot of people to trust it, it, the world the world makes us very cynical well yeah it's, it's a natural defense mechanism right we're all right. we're all very good at building walls around our, ourselves right right and an interior emotional side especially for guys because we don't want to be seen as weak yeah. you know going back to our first show yeah right? it is and it, it's you know and with men it's funny like you can you can put a group of men in a room and you walk in there and it's almost like a bunch of circling lions right we're all we're all trying to be the alpha dog or the figure people out yeah Yeah. like to see who's you know i'm going to be this guy in the room or i'm going to be the one that's that i you know i'm not going to do anything until i figure out who the guys are in this room that i'm competing with Mm -hmm. you know the world builds that into our mindset as men is that we have to compete and that we've got to be skeptical and that you know what does that person want from me you know, I've often in my life, you know, looked at people before from across the room and said, I don't think I'm going to like that guy just because of the way they were looking, like never spoke to him or anything. And it's just the world is we, for some reason, as we grow older, there seems to be some, especially now in the times we're in today, this, this, you know, 
it's just you're cynical about everything. The the like when you were a kid, like you know, my parents let me ride my bike wherever I wanted to go around the neighborhood. They never. I could be going two hours and, and it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I wouldn't let my kid ride off the block without right. somebody, you know, and it's... Yeah, we go, I mean, I drive, well, drive, sorry, pedal, you know, two miles to go to the 7-Eleven store to get like a dollar's worth of candy, which, by the way, went a long way back yeah. in those days, you know, <laughs> and they come back, and, you know, and, and still play with my friend across the street and parents not know anything, you know, yeah. where I was. But. Well, and I, you know, that's a good point, and I I think there's there's more to it, though. I think that we're... You know, we've all been let down by somebody in our life, you know, at some point Definitely. in time. Yeah. You know, there's that's just the way it is. People aren't perfect. We're not perfect. We've been let down and we've let other people down. And, you know, I think that's why we quit trusting in people is that we start, like you said, we build this wall up and we want to protect ourselves and insulate ourselves from being hurt. Because when you get down to it, especially for men, you don't want to be hurt. You don't want to admit you're hurt, that you've been hurt, that you let somebody hurt you. So what you do is you, you keep people at arm's length. You know, you stay away from them and you, you just, I want to know you, your name and what you do for a living and all that, but I don't want to know you mm-hmm. because that requires that I'm going to have to build a relationship and then whether that relationship becomes, you know, comes trust. And I'm just not open to that because I've been hurt so much in my life. And what we do when we, when we don't trust people is we, we rob ourselves of opportunities. And what I mean by that is if you've trusted someone and been hurt and then you don't allow yourself to trust anyone else again then what you're doing is you're allowing you're you're cutting yourself off from the grace of forgiveness right you're cutting yourself off from ever learning and growing and one of the biggest things that Jesus told us in the bible about was forgiveness forgive others you know don't hold grudges move forward um be merciful and as the person who has been hurt and doesn't want to trust then you're cutting yourself off from that grace but not only that if you're the person that has that has done the 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 insult or have hurt, has hurt the other person, then you're cutting yourself off from allowing yourself redemption, mm-hmm. from learning to to be humble and to go before someone else and say, look, I've hurt you and I'm sorry, or I've broken this trust that, that is so hard for people to give. Because trust, I mean, it is, it's it's hard to give, but it's even harder to get back once you've, once you've hurt it or you've sure. broken it. Sure. Now, can you, what you were talking about, love and trust, can you mm-hmm. love someone but not trust them? Is that possible? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, we're supposed to love everybody, yeah. but if you're talking about truly love someone, um, and w- which means like giving yourself fully to someone mm-hmm. is the way I'm, you know, taking what you're talking about love. I don't think you can without trusting them because mm-hmm. you can't open your heart enough to let somebody in. I mean, think about that. So you, I'm sure you, Victor, I know you, you have a lot of friends. Like how many friends would you say that you consider close friends in your life? About 20. 20, yeah. And so, I mean, that's probably an average number for a lot of people is you got 20 people you consider in your close, like your your group of friends. Now, but here's the difference between that and and who you trust. Like how many guys in that group of 20 would you say that you actually trust, you know, with, with things that you wouldn't tell everybody? Right. right. Well, probably very few. I'd say maybe two or three. Yeah. And that's just because they're, I consider them true friends. Right. And those are the people like you're straight on the side of the road and you need help and they would no matter what time the hour of the day would be they'd come help you out or you know vice versa yeah you're you're, no and you're that's probably what i would say too you know you have all these people you're surrounded with but how many people do you trust and if you look at it you know in the bible jesus surrounded himself with 12 people you know but he was surrounded by 
thousands of people all the time. But he chose to only trust and be confident with so many. Like, you remember, he would take the disciples away and explain mm-hmm. things to them just for them. Right. Well, that transfer, oh, the transformation on the mountaintop, really, right. was like three. Yeah. He, and the rest were, were there. Right. You know, and at so, the bottom of this, the hill. Yeah. yeah and, and I think, I mean, with that, Jesus obviously had a plan. But yeah. I think it's, 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 it relates to our lives because we only let so many people in. And, you know, how we, how we go about trusting people can also reflect on how we trust in God, you know? Um, and what I want to tell a story here, it's, it's a personal deal, but, um, you know, I, I don't mind sharing those things and I think it needs to, you know, if we're going to be real on the show, we need to, we need to share things that are real in our lives. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of people know that have listened to the show or been around me in the last two years know that I struggled with drugs and alcohol in the past. And, you know, everybody's heard the story of, of what happened. You know, if you've seen the, the, the talk from, uh, men's morning spirituality here in memphis that's on youtube or whatever then you you're, you've been privy to the story and you've heard the what happened the fall and then the redemption part but a lot of what i don't talk about personally is is what it, it did to my relationship with angela and you know you can imagine when you've been you got a husband that you've been married to for 11 years and he gets arrested for you know cocaine with with cocaine on him and goes to jail and it was you know the whole thing during easter and all that you know, what is, what a, a break in trust that had to be for her. And so once I'd gotten through, you know, out of jail and started working on my life, so many people in my life saw the changes I was trying to make, becoming the person that, that I felt God was leading me to be. But I'd have to be, if I'm honest, it was because I wanted my wife back too. You know, I, I thought that, you know, I felt this calling in my life and, and maybe that would, would rebuild this trust because it was very hard. I mean, it's been two years and Angela, if, if she was sitting here and I asked her, do you trust me a hundred percent now? She probably would say probably about 90, you know, because it takes, it's, it's such a hard thing to do once you've hurt somebody. And, you know, I was trying to rebuild that trust myself, um, doing everything I could and it wasn't working and it was causing me pain because I'm going like, don't you see what I'm doing? I'm, I mean, I'm doing all these things and I'm more present to you and the kids I've ever been. And, and you're hurting me, you know, because I'm doing everything I can to, to, to have you back fully in my life. And, you know, there's just some things that we can't fix. We just have to trust that God's going to handle those things. And, you know, the story I wanted to tell you was, you know, right before MMOS, I mean, this this happened in March, the talk, and this was probably February. And I've, I've rehearsed the talk. I'm not worried. I've got the confidence for what I'm going to say. The people around me, you, you know, all these guys in Memphis – that had my back. That wasn't the problem, but I, I did. I knew my wife was going to be there, and I didn't think that I was ever going to be able to give the talk the way that it needed to be given if I didn't feel like she was supporting me in that. And that sounds very selfish, but it was just I knew in my heart that that I wouldn't be able to do what I needed to do without that. And so I was lost. I didn't know how to do it. Well, Crescio was coming up, and I'd been on Angela to to go to Crescio, and she was telling me no, and then your wife and some other. Others uh, got her to go. And that Crescio weekend was the week before. So that weekend before my talk is when she was in, in um, Crescio. And, of course, I loaded the kids up to go to the Clojura, the, the end you know meeting. And Father James Martell, Jim Martell, was with us, my, my ex-pastor and really good friend in a minivan. It sounds like a bad joke because mm-hmm. we were loading up, and it was my three kids, a priest, and then Deacon Jeff, who helps us with the show and you know is on the Catholic Cafe and – you know, a great deacon here in the Diocese of Memphis, he he calls and his car broke down. And he says, you know, I, he's been part of Crescio. He gave a talk there that weekend. 
and he wanted to go with us. And so that's why it sounded like a bad joke. You know, I had a, de- a deacon, a priest, and three kids in a mm-hmm. minivan. You got to work on but it. It could be a good joke. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so um, we weren't going to a bar, though. That's right, the thing. Right, yeah. We were going to a casino. But, we, you know, I, I'm riding up there, and, and Deacon Jeff hasn't said anything to me about the weekend. And we get up there, and Angela is just, I don't know what to expect, right? I just, I don't know if she's going to be like, man, why'd you make me go to this thing? Or, mm-hmm. or what, you know, and she comes out, and she's teared up, and she's crying, and she's just saying, I'm sorry, and I don't know why. And then she tells me that, you know, there was this talk that Deacon Jeff gave that opened up her her heart. And so she doesn't know. And Deacon Jeff's, you know, he's a popular guy. And, and so he's he's walking around and everybody's talking to him and he's talking to everybody. So Angel doesn't know. And I haven't told her that he's riding back with us. So we're walking the minivan and she's like, why, why is Deacon Jeff following us? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Well, he's riding with us, you know. And she says, he is? And then we get in the car and Father Martell's in the back, like giving the kids noogies and like throwing spitballs at them or whatever. You know, he loves kids. So it really gave Deacon Jeff and Angela and I a minute to talk. And, and I didn't realize the connection they'd made, you know. So Angela's problem was she began to be upset with God because how could you put me in this situation? Why did you put me with this guy? And what did I ever do to deserve this? I've had an accident in my life that already was a struggle in my life that, that kept me in the hospital for six months. And, you know, why have you... Why did you let this happen to me? And why did you put me with such a, you know what, like him? And I knew that she had felt that way. Well, apparently part of Deacon Jeff's talk was God has a plan for all of us. And whether you enjoy parts of that plan or not, it's it's still part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to get through to her because she started looking at it as, you know what, I've hated John. I've sort of hated God at some points because of the, the just the embarrassment and the struggle and the pain this has caused our family. But now Deacon Jeff helped me understand that that I had to go through this to be on the on the preface of where we're going now. I have a guy that's a husband that's that's been a better father and he's been a better uh, husband and he's and he's trying to do these things for other people and use his pain to to help others and and so God used Deacon Jeff to get through to my wife in a way that that I never could and so that required on my part trust. You know, that, that God would, because I, I prayed all the time, God, please heal this, this. I can't do it. And every time I do it, I just mess things up. And I need you to do, I need you to heal this for me. And he used Deacon Jeff to do that in my in my wife's life. And he's sitting here with me. And I mean, I just, I hope he understands the appreciation I have for him in that moment. But um, I love you, John. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I say all that long-windedly, just because we, as people, so many times, we want to trust God when it's good for us, right? Like when we're getting the house we always wanted or we're getting the job we always wanted. Oh, yeah. That when we when things are going our way, the consolations. But then in the times of desolation, you know, in, in my case, when I was, I caused a hurt, I was trying to change, and I wasn't getting God's help in my eyes. I wasn't trusting him. And so often as people, I think that we fail we want to trust God when it's convenient and not trust God when it's hard for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, and trust is always a difficult thing, especially mm-hmm. for someone who has difficulty of opening themselves up. Right. And and what you were able to do is is kind of realize that no matter what I do, you know, I'm still viewed in the same image. Mm-hmm. But by trusting someone else to help bring, you know, that that bond back, that reconciliation really yeah. in the marriage. Um I mean, it, the healing is is outside you, right? right? And that's through faith. That's through trust and knowing God is going to work no matter where He works. It is. Yeah. It is, and it and it goes to what we were talking about earlier. With with it takes 
time. I mean, trust takes a while to build, but it takes even longer to regain once you've done it. And, you know, I hurt my wife. And, and so there was nothing as much as I was trying to do to repair that. It wasn't mine to repair because, you know, how would you feel if somebody hurt you and then they're telling you how you should feel about being hurt? Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's not a good position. And so everything I tried just was fell on deaf ears. But like I said, God used Deacon Jeff in that weekend. And that gave me such confidence and a boost. Like if that hadn't happened and, and the things like with my mother, you know, my mother died and that's what really started me on the drugs and alcohol back into, I left it from college and I really dove back into it because I didn't know how to handle all that correctly. You know, and I and I hated God, and I didn't trust God, and what kind of God takes away somebody's mother, that kind of stuff. And if I hadn't, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have gotten into the the bad things that I did. And if those hadn't happened, then Angel and I wouldn't have been able to go through this period, even though it was difficult for us, to be able to come into this healing, to give me the confidence to do whatever it is that God's asking me to do in this life with this. Like we wouldn't be sitting here on this podcast right now if those things hadn't happened. God has a plan. And, you know, the thing is, like we were talking about, that it's, it's easy to trust God when it, when it was easy for us, but not when it's hard. You know, I think that we as people, we, we don't want to, we want to trust in the resurrection, but we don't want to trust in the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is think about the disciples. You know, Jesus is, he's walking around for three years with these guys and he's healing everybody. And he's just got these prophetic words and everything that these Jewish men have read since they were children growing up. It's coming true right before their eyes. And they're going, this is it. Like, we're going to be rid of the Romans, and we're going to be, like, it's going to be happy happy time in, in Jerusalem and Israel and all of that. And then the next thing you know, they, they're they sleeping in a garden one night, and, and the plane goes crashing down. You know, the, their Messiah, their hero, was taken and hung on a cross, and he's, di- he's dead. And Jesus, the entire time he was with them, told them over and over again, I'm going to have to die. The Son of Man is going to have to be given up. Right, like hint, redemption. hint, nudge, nudge, right. blink, blink, yeah, how listen. Many, how many times in Scripture do you hear yeah. that? And But the, where were the disciples? That that moment of when that happened, all of them but what, what John and Mary left. They were hiding in a room somewhere and just had completely forgotten. Like, you would think when you read that, that this light bulb comes on, they're like, oh, yeah, he told us about this. Everything's going to be good. But no, they just, what are we going to do? And and they lost that trust in, in, in Christ at that moment. But they regained it in the resurrection. But there is a point there. Like, we can't, if we're going to trust, we have to trust fully. And that means with people, and that means with God. You know, if we're going to trust somebody, then we have to be prepared for when they fail us. That we're going to get hurt. You have to know that going in with trust. Because if you don't, then you're you're cutting out the, 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 um, the redemption and the forgiveness aspect with humans. But with God, then you're cutting off the ability to, to, to really be part of his plan, you know, to understand that, yeah, this is a bad point, but I'm going to have to get through this. Like I, if I could trust him when it's easy for me, I have to trust him when I'm hard. Mm-hmm. That's why it's more important to pray during periods of desolation and all those things than it is consolation, because those are the moments when you really have to depend on your faith and trust that God's going to take care of you. Right. And when you, you're speaking right now to a lot of men and women who are probably in relationships, married or unmarried, um, and trying to figure out where they are. Because mm-hmm. um, we all disappoint, like you said, we all have a habit of disappointing people. So when, when faith becomes essential part in the relationship, because it, it has to be, you know, in order for marriage really to work, God has to be the center of it. So how would, you know, you just told a perfect story about restoring God in the center of a relationship. Yeah. 
So, you know, with, with examples that we have, we found in, in the Bible and the scriptures about people who actually trusted God, yeah. you know, even in the desolations and in the, in the, you know, when they were doing great and they're doing bad, you know, they found that hope still, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are some stories that, that, you know, in the scriptures that you've always, that you went to when you're in that desolation? Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I that I went to them, but like, I mean, you can look back and mirror that with, I mean, look at Abraham. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know this well. I mean, you you, you you're a theologian and well, a seminarian, and you know, apparently an theologian. Irish guy named Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. But um, you, I mean, you know the story. I mean, one day God just says to Abraham, "Go build a a, a pyre, a, a pile of sticks, and you know, you're going to sacrifice your son. You know, you're gonna you're gonna I want your son." I'm going to kill him. You know, mm-hmm. actually, I'm not going to kill him. You're going to kill him. You're going to walk up this long trail and up this mountain with your son, making him carry the sticks that he's going to be burned with, and you're going to stab your son and you're going to sacrifice him on this mountain. And, and, and Abraham, how painful that must have been! I've been, yeah. But he did it. Like he was inches from shoving a knife well, into his son's with the chest. promise. Yeah, with the promise that yeah. God said that you're going to have a, a son. Right, you know, in his old age, right, and saying he's you're going to be the father of many many nations, right. But then that, you know, when God says, okay, I want you to do this, it totally like probably would freak him out, you know. I mean, yeah. in the point where, oh, you told me this, but now you tell me this, and how is this going to this prophecy going to come true? We want me to do this, but I trust in you, right. And I think that's what that's a perfect example because you have to, like we we're saying. I mean, Abraham, think about what it must have been like you told me I'm going to have a son. I finally do, and now you want me to kill him? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of God are you? Like, why are you doing this to me? And 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 that's the way I think we can off, also off, often, excuse me, feel with um, with God and with people is like, look, I've given you whatever. You, I, I'm trying to give you what you want. A lot of times, it's a one side relationship with us and God. He's yeah. the one giving, and and then we're the ones upset because we don't get it all the time. But but you know, I, I think that it's just it goes to show us that trust. Is not a partiality. It's not a part of the time, and especially with God, that you have to understand that there's a plan, and part of that plan is pain. Part of Jesus' plan was, you know, growing up with a family and then meeting these great friends and walking with these friends, and and then, but the whole time he knew, which we all should know by now, if you're, you know, if you're older, a little older in life, that bad things are going to happen, and for him, that bad thing was, I'm going to be tortured, and and treated so horribly and hung on a cross, but then there's going to be a good thing that happens afterwards. And that comes in a trust of the Father. And that's, that is an example for our life is that we're going to have great times and bad times, and we have to trust God completely through all of them, or we're not truly living our faith. Faith is trust. And if you're not trusting, then you're not living a life of faith. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, how can you deal with it? One of the verses that came to my mind was Proverbs 3, five through six, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, on your own intelligence do not rely. In all your ways be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. That's basically saying like, dude, stop thinking and just trust. Like, when you start thinking is when you get in trouble. <laughs> well, that's so that's so difficult for a lot of us, right? Because yeah. we, we, we get the concept where um, if I can't see it, feel it, touch it, measure it, then it doesn't exist. Right. And there's a lot of people out there who says I'm a rationalist. Therefore, yeah. I'm a you know if there's a creator, there's a creator, but they can't get beyond that. So when you get to the point where you you have that faith, you know, 
trust then develops, right? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to have trust without faith. Yeah. Especially in the spiritual spectrum of, 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 of knowing God. Yeah. So, I mean, in the Proverbs right here, it's just the same thing, which is, when was it written? You know, obviously before Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, these are tried and true words of wisdom. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and on, not on your own intelligence. Right. So, therefore, God's that, that faith has to come and the trust comes from the heart, not the right. head. Well, it's the father-kid relationship, right? right? Why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because I know what's best for you. And sometimes that's going to hurt. But it still doesn't, that still doesn't mean that it's not what's best for you. I need you to move forward in your life. If my mother hadn't died prematurely in my eyes, I don't know that we'd be sitting here today. You know, because I don't, I, I think that's what God used to get me out of the place of my life I was. And just as he used Jesus to redeem the world. You know, it, it's it, some of the things that are that happen in our lives is because we have a father out there who loves us very much and he knows better than we will ever know what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's going to hurt. We have to trust, you know, here in Memphis alone, we've had our some things here lately with our bishop and with priest moves and all these things and there's division and people that hate some of the stuff and people that love some of the stuff and it's divisive and people say, "What do we do? What should we do?" What are we supposed to do? I'm so angry. I'm so happy around this. And what you're supposed to do is trust God. This was part of God's plan. With a bishop being removed, with, with, with all these things, the scandals that are going on in the church, God has a great design for all of this. And we have to trust through all of that. You don't get just to trust when you want to. That's not living faith. You have to trust that God has a plan for everything and that, and that you, your job is to sit back, work on your own personal holiness, Help those around you, and just trust in the fact that he knows what's best. I mean, that's that's all there is to it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, say that again. <laughs> you just have to trust in God and there know that go. His plan is 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 the best for all of us, you know. And so, take away from all of this, learn to trust people, put yourself out there because you you don't want to miss out on the forgiveness and the redemption, you know, which end of the trust spectrum you're on, and and just learn that God's got a plan and He knows better than you. And let people bless you. That's right. That's right, Seamus. That's right. <laughs> well, I hear the music, man. That means we're done here. So if you don't mind, let's let's go ahead and say the prayer and, uh, and get on out of here. Heavenly Father, trust is often something we all can have difficulty with. The cynical world promotes skepticism and isolation. Give us the strength to allow your love and the love of others into our lives. Help us to allow ourselves to be open to trusting others so that we may have opportunities to grow, forgive, and redeem. Keep us as always open and trusting to your will and your plan for our lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.